Ciao, my friends. That is hello in Italian for those of you not in the know, though I guess now you are in the know. Today I'm speaking to my new pal, Cara Infante. She is going to take us on a trip to Sicily, that famous Italian island. She's giving us an inside view of living life as a military family. Cara is trained as a physical therapist and also the host of Bookish Flights podcast. She lives with her husband and three children in sunny San Diego, California. If there is anything she loves almost as much as her family, it is books. When she's not creating or reading, you will likely find her outside exploring with her family and friends. Please stick around for our chat about travel, family, work, culture, and food. Oh, so much food. Here's a friendly warning. This episode is going to make you hungry. Welcome to Jackie Just Chatters. By sharing people's stories, I strive to generate laughter, inspiration, maybe help you escape from the stressful world. I am your hostess, Jackie Lentz, who's still figuring out her own story. This podcast comes out every other Thursday. I can be found wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. I'd be most grateful if you left me some stars or a review and subscribe if you never want to miss an episode. Thank you for listening and sharing. We are back and I want to thank my guest, Cara Infante, for talking to me at 5.30 in the morning. This early bird is catching her worm. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jackie, for having me. I'm really glad to be here. I am overjoyed to have you on my (laughs) podcast. And this is probably the brightest I am in the day. So this is a good time for me. Oh, excellent. Good. Like when we're perky. Yeah. (laughs) Before my kids get to me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that will kind of wear you out. Right now, the coffee's (laughs) seeping in, your energy level's high. For... The listeners, a little background. Um, Cara and I met, and I was invited to be a guest on her podcast, Bookish Flights, which we'll talk about more later. And we were doing a, a pre interview discussion. And as we were getting to know each other really quickly, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, she has to come on my show. She has all this cool stuff that she has done in her life. And I'm like, this is going to make a fantastic story. So we're like, okay, I'm going to do yours. And then you, but you have to promise to come on and do mine. And today we are fulfilling the exchange promise. And I am so excited to hear all your awesome stories. First, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us some background. Yeah, so I am originally from a small town in Illinois. And yeah, so I grew up there most of my life. I went away for college and then moved to Chicago, which is what most I think kids in Illinois do, (laughs) or at least (laughs) northern Illinois. And I went I wanted to become a physical therapist. So I went to PT school. Um And met my husband there, and we happened to go to school right next to Great Lakes Navy Base. And my husband decided we dated had had dated most of PT school, and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about trying this whole Navy thing. And I'm like, 
Okay. I mean, neither of us were from military families, so we really had no idea what that meant, which is just laughable (laughs) right now because we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. But he took the plunge and he decided to join the Navy. And we got very lucky. We hit the jackpot, as we said. We got to go to Hawaii as our first duty station. Oh, yeah. So lucky. (laughs) (laughs) And we... and. Moving from the tundra of Chicago, I remember I hit, I think it was like the snowpocalypse of 2010 or 2011 because I couldn't go because my cats, I had rescued my cats in Chicago <laughs> and I had them about seven months when he found out. It was a long process to find out if he was going to get in the Navy. We had both gotten civilian jobs in Chicago and my, I thankfully had a patient who was in the Air Force. He's like, you know, Hawaii has pretty strict laws on pets entering Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, that's really good to know. And it inevitably it was. It was a 120-day waiting period from a negative rabies test. Whoa. And so I was like, all right. So my husband went. He had to be there by January 1st. And I had already quit my job. I had already canceled my lease. But it had only been a few weeks. So I contacted my boss back and I contacted the landlord back. And I'm like, can I stay a little bit longer? Because my cats can't go. and so when the day my cats could enter hawaii was the day i left and that was a great time to go we had just gotten married so it was like a three-year honeymoon it was fantastic and it sounds pretty wonderful yeah we could do it was the first time we had ever really made money because it was the first time out of school in seven years so right (laughs) So we had a fantastic time. We really learned that we enjoyed being outdoors, which neither of us are winter sports people. And so I'm not sure we realized that growing up in Chicago, either of us. So it took moving to a beautiful place (laughs) to realize we enjoyed hiking and being outside. And now that's... Yeah. If you don't want to be outdoors in Hawaii, then you're just never going to be an outdoors kind of person. Absolutely. I would say that all the time. I think I only ever heard of one person that did not like living in Hawaii. And I'm thinking, you must not like being outside. Wow. So, but to each his own. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's <laughs> got their own jam. Yep. So shortly after that, or well, not shortly, we spent three years there in the Navy. You spend about three years at places. So we moved to Virginia Beach and we had our oldest son and then we got... The option, you usually get to see what your options are, and sometimes you become needs of the Navy, but other times you maybe get a little bit of a say where you get to go if it's available, if your timeline works out. And we, I I was actually pregnant with my son, and I was working full-time, and we had this opportunity to go to Spain. And at that point, I was not ready to quit my job. I was like, and I'm going to be a mom. I really want to be close to family. I mean, granted, we were in Virginia Beach. We were not near Chicago. But I was like, I don't know if I could go to being a stay-at-home mom and quitting my job and having a new baby all while living in Spain. That seems like a big leap. So he's like, you know what? I can extend for one more year where he was at. And he's like, why don't we do that? He liked the job at the time. So we extended one more year. And that next year comes up what our options were. and. Sicily was on the list. And at this point, I'm like, this is writing on the wall. If God is offering us overseas again, and if you talk to anybody in the military, they'll say, go overseas. It is the best experience you'll have. And no one really ever has a bad thing to say about it. So I'm like, 
I think we need to pay attention to the Sisley option. At that point, we had had our son and I was a little bit more ready to go into that mode because I knew going to Italy with the language barrier, I wasn't going to be able to work because the Navy also doesn't really approve of my husband being my boss either. (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't have worked in the physical therapy department. Um, And so we took a chance. We called friends that had been stationed in, it's not a Navy base anymore, but in Gaeta. And they had been stationed there and we're like, can we just ask you guys some questions? We're really thinking about this option. And in our hour phone conversation, everything they said was positive. And we're like, okay, is there any negative? You've told us all these fantastic things. And they're like two things. One, you might come back and talk with your hands, which Jackie, I'm sure you can see me on the video right now, is now a thing that I do. (laughs) And two, you'll have to get used to that. Your son may up men may end up in the kitchens in the back because the nonas at the restaurant will just take your son and let you have a nice peaceful meal, and they'll take your son back to the kitchen and show him around. So you'll just have to get used to the Italians love babies, and they may come take him to the kitchen for a while so you can enjoy your meal. <laughs> Which oh, that, that sounds terrible! Yeah. How awful! A free <laughs> that- babysitter. <laughs> Yes, at that point sounded rather great. And so we're like, okay, let's do this. So that was where we went. And we I knew by that point that they might have strict laws on my pets going. So I promptly made sure my my pets could go. <laughs> and we worked on getting the passports and got all of us that. And we my son was 19 months when we moved moved there. So that was not your first time experiencing Italy, though. No, I actually was lucky enough to study abroad for a semester when I was in college. And being from this small town in Illinois, that was not something I was exposed to. I had never been out of the country until <laughs> I went to Italy as a junior in college. But people around me weren't doing that. We were a small, you know, small working class town. This wasn't something that was done. And I had a friend in college and she's like, what do you think about this? And as a freshman in college, I had decided I wanted to do all my hard classes in the beginning. So by senior year, I was really taking the easiest classes I had left. This was not preparing to study abroad, but it actually worked out very well because I had not taken a single gen ed course by the Mm. time I got to this point where I was going to be studying abroad. And Knowing I wanted to be a physical therapist, there are certain boxes you have to check to be able to apply to physical therapy school. And those classes weren't going to be offered overseas. So I was pretty lucky that I had decided early on I just wanted to skate by senior year. (laughs) (laughs) And I took all my hard classes to start that I had a semester of freedom to really focus on the gen eds. And so we were debating between Rome and Florence because our school had a direct program in Florence, but we had heard Florence was so Americanized. And we're like, if we want to study abroad, we really want to get the experience of being there. And so we chose Rome. And I remember thinking as we were leaving, at first it was super scary. Not all of these things were scary, right? Moving to Sicily, leaving our family, even moving to Rome as a 20-year-old. That was pretty, you know. But I've always had that bit of adventure in my heart and wanting that story and wanting the fun of that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what I like about traveling is you kind of become incognito. I think for three years living in Sicily, 
knowing I didn't really know the language around me, I had enough to get by, right? To shop at the market. If I got lost, I could ask for directions. But my conversational Italian, it was really never there at either time I lived there is I just kind of went about my day, which maybe as an introvert worked really well for me. <laughs> that I wasn't having to pay attention to what was happening. I mean, I paid attention to what was happening around me, but not conversationally. Because I knew they weren't talking to me. <laughs> While you were there for Rome and Sicily, I'm sure you traveled, but then you also lived. And I spent a summer living abroad and I found it different, very different from living in a foreign place to traveling. Mm -hmm. Did you find the same thing? Absolutely. I think you can really get the sense of a place where in a weekend trip and you have all these boxes you want to check because you know what's available in these cities, you know what you want to see, you're not really experiencing the culture. And one of my favorite things to do is to just pick a neighborhood and get lost. Just wander now, I had the beauty of having a smartphone when I went to Sicily, but when I went in 2005, we did not have smartphones. So that was a little bit scarier to do, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially if we didn't know the language to ask for the directions, but to wander, to experience the shops, to experience everyday life, to fall into a market um, and just see how people live their life. And that's what I really enjoy about traveling, which Again, I feel very grateful that I've had the experience to live overseas because I think I had the ability to do that. I find having lived overseas really changes how I travel. My husband and I, we went to Paris for three, four days. It wasn't terribly long, but I know exactly what you're talking about, about just getting lost. We, we went to the Saint-Germain quarter and I'm like, you know what? Maps away everything. Like we'll, we'll be fine. Like I just want to wander. I just want to walk in Paris. And we just looked around and we saw the architecture, the graffiti, the people wandering. And we came across this little crepe place that was run by an Algerian and we got our first Parisian crepes and we're eating those as we walk around and I'm like, yes, this is that, that moment of not hurrying, living, being here. And if you're like, you said, going through a checklist and you're just doing this, doing this, like you just miss those moments. Yeah. I think of it as you're talking as maybe a little bit of an adult treasure hunt, because I think that's how you find the hidden gems. They're going to be the things that are not on the tourist map, that are not on the tourist guide. To be honest, if I saw a restaurant that had an English and a French menu, let's use Paris, I'd be like, let's go to a different place. Because I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but that they're going to cater to Americans. And so the food might not be as good. It might not be as authentic. And I really want to experience the city that we're going through. And now, again, smartphones, you have the beauty of Google Translate. So you have that at your fingertips for a menu. Right. That you can experience America in America <laughs> when you're in these other places. You want to experience those places. Yeah. And I, I love your treasure hunt because 
Almost on every trip I've ever taken anywhere, when you come home, your absolute favorite story, the thing that delighted you the most, was usually never on the itinerary. Absolutely. It's it's some stranger you met, some weird random thing you ended up doing because somebody told you whatever, and that is what delighted you the most. Yeah. And I've never been a crowd's or a line person. Granted, I realize they are inevitable to see things like the Sistine Chapel or the Eiffel Tower. This is inevitable. But if I can, I put maybe one of those items in the trip, especially when we went back and lived in Sicily with our children. It was a lot different. Waiting in those long lines was a challenge with small children. So we would maybe pick two, especially if we did a weekend trip, two big things for that city that we wanted to accomplish because I'm definitely a list maker and I like to check things off. And if that does not happen, that does not work well with my personality. I get a little (laughs) disturbed. I'm exactly (laughs) the same way. (laughs) So I would just say, let's pick two things we want to do in the city. And if we got to do more, it was the the bonus things that we got to do. And so that, and like you said, was almost more special because it was the unscripted. So, Sicily, for those of us who have never been, myself included, could you describe a little bit about the geography of Sicily? What is the island like? Yes. So, I, so the military base is on the eastern side of Sicily. It's near Catania. And Sicily is divided into the Catania and the Palermo side. And they definitely have their rivalries. (laughs) Even in how they prepare the same dishes, but they have little nuances. And there's these things called arancinis, which I don't know if you know what they are, but they're essentially fried rice balls. And inside they'll put deliciousness and they'll have like a ragu one, which will be what we think of as a meat sauce. They pistachio or pistachio, but I still to this day have a hard time saying pistachio because in Italy it's pistachio. Um, it'll be like this creamy sauce with cheese and pistachio and there's these arancinis, but they call them arancini and Catania. And I'm pretty sure in Palermo, they call them like arancino. Like it's just this one letter different, but they have these rivalries and how they call it. And of course they all think they're have the right way of doing it. Right. Which is not, we all have that. (laughs) Um, that's where the two airports are. So I think that's why it gets divided up that way. But Sicily is massive. We lived, about 20 minutes from the water, so 20 minutes from the ocean on the eastern side, and to drive to the western side of the island, it took about four hours. So oh, it's wow. huge. Okay, yeah, that's a good size island. Yeah, a lot different than living in Hawaii, where we could traverse the island in about an hour. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I can't even imagine living in a place that small. Yeah, it was people talk about the island fever in Hawaii, but I never heard that so much in Sicily. But again, maybe that was a language barrier where I wasn't hearing that. But it was massive. And every town, if you've traveled Italy, and I'm I'm not sure if the rest of Europe is like this, but if you travel Italy, each town is known for something. In Sicily in particular, there's Modica, which is known for their chocolate. And there's towns that are known for the grain that will make the best pasta that you could find. And there's towns known for their pistachios and their mandorla, which is almonds, which is a big flavor in Sicily is the almond flavor. 
That's good flavor. And again, they take pride in these. So you'll travel to these small villages, almost we would call them, because they're they're small. And that is what the town is known for. And so everything in that town will be geared towards the chocolate industry or the pistachio industry and producing the best possible thing. And that is one thing I love about shopping in Italy is the shops are truly artisan. So you will go to the store and it is just a cheese store, but right next door is the butcher and they, that's what they specialize in or the Mm -hmm. panaderia, the, the bread store. And they will all specialize in one thing and it makes such a wonderful product because that is probably passed down through lines of their family because tradition is big there as well. You can only buy at the markets food that is in season. So you eat very seasonally there, which was really good for me to learn because I feel like in America, we can get strawberries at any time of year we wanted. They might not always taste great, but it has really trained me in this eating seasonally. And it's been a really good, good thing for me. I often think about seasonal eating, how like growing up, there was like with holidays, there's certain foods that we eat and associate with certain times and certain holidays. And I kind of like having to wait for those things. Like my my mom's mom would make these jam thumbprint cookies, which she only made them at Christmas. And I know why, because I've made them several times. They are a pain in the butt. They are so many stages. They are a complicated cookie but they're fantastic. I love them so much. And I only ever got them at Christmas. That was it. That was the only time when I was young. Now I can make them whenever I want, but I still almost never make them except at Christmas time because to me, it is a Christmas cookie and you should only eat those in winter. Yeah. And the surprise of seeing them, I remember I would go to the market and all of a sudden you'd see grapes and you're like, oh, Grapes are back in season, right? It's that little hint of surprise and delight in the day. And I feel like watching my children grow up, that is one thing I've been thinking about. It's just that delight in the ordinary. Yes. And how do I recreate that as an adult? And and that for me was going to the market and finding a produce, you know, a fruit or vegetable that I really like was back in season. That was really, I mean, just that (laughs) little bit in the day. And that was one of the things I was going to talk about is life is slower there. And that did take some time to adjust being from Chicago. And granted, I had, I don't know what, eight or nine years of wearing down before we moved into Sicily. But I went from being a full-time working mom to a stay-at-home mom, which was a huge transition. And life was much slower. And Sicily, in general, life is much slower. Our friends are, we had sponsors that became our friends, which was fantastic to go there as you have essentially a contact that you can email with questions before you go. And they had lived in Hawaii as well. And they said to us, just be prepared. So I, in Hawaii, we call it island time because things were a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And they were, they said to us, they're like, be prepared because it's double island time here in Sicily. <laughs> Things are just slower. And again, it does take some getting used to, but now I see the beauty in that. And I think you can delight in the ordinary of everyday life when you are moving slower. Me and my listeners, we're we're dying to know what was it like to live there? 
we, we want some good Sicily stories. Lay it on yeah. us. <laughs> um, so. If you want to hear more about Kara's story, and of course Sicily, head on over to part two of our interview. You don't even have to wait. You can go click it right now. See you over there.